When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember, you can download this podcast as well as every single podcast that we do here at DKPittsburghSports.com on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts are hosted. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critique. You can read my work on the University of Pittsburgh at DKPittsburghSports.com. Now, we're going to lead off. We're going to do some splitting up here. Now, I've done some basketball dedication because it's basketball season. We're supposed to do that. But I also know that some of y'all are hungry for some football talk. So we're going to lead off with football talk and then dip into the basketball talk in the second segment. Because I have some interesting – Just I've just been looking over numbers. I've been looking over just, just like what, this, what the Panthers have for this year, this upcoming year in 2022. And there's a, an interesting factor here that I think that – people should really look at going into this season and it involves the run game because while everybody is excited you got Jordan Addison you got Kaneda Mumfield you went and got Keaton Slovis Gavin Bartholomew's there you still got Jalen Barden and Jared Wayne and you got all these weapons they're just people they're just weapons on weapons on weapons weapons Jaden Bradley like that kid's I think is going to be good there's a lot of reasons to be excited about the passing game that Pitt is about to bring back for this year. But man, I know Frank Signetti's got a lot of weapons there. The new offensive coordinator they brought over back, back from uh, you, he was at Boston College, but he's been at, he was at Pitt in 2009 and 2010. But the biggest thing I think that he could do for Pitt's offense, beyond just getting Keaton Slovis to be great, which I've talked about before and I'll talk about again sometime during this offseason, actually developing a run game for Pitt. It's something that, uh, shout out to my man Jay, I believe his name is Jay Roberts, he's he, he's in all of our comment sections at DKPittsburghSports.com for every game. He is a true Pitt fan, uh, a suffering Pitt fan, because he will let you know, he's like, oh, this is about how they lose it. He'll tell, you, he'll tell you when he sees it coming. But Jay reminds me, Whenever he talk, whenever he starts getting anything, he reminds me like whenever, whenever he's he's not happy, he wasn't happy about Mark Whipple not running the ball, even when Mark Whipple was being the offensive coordinator for one of the best offenses in the country. He, he would often get frustrated with how they're not running the ball, 
And that's something the pit didn't do. Now, there was a there were times they'd run it on occasion to have the balance in the offense. But I truly think one major objective for this year is to actually have balanced attack in this offense. Actually have a ground game that people fear. Not just respect, but fear. Because I do think that opponents did come to respect, hey, we cannot let Israel Abadikanda get to the second gear. Because if he gets to that second gear, we're in trouble. Because that kid is fast, and he runs hard, and he's tough to bring down. And they recognize that. They recognize Rodney Hammond after he was trucking team after team after team. And they're like, okay, that kid in the fourth quarter is a problem. Don't let him get started. And Vincent Davis is a speed master. And if, he, and if you give him a lane, he will take it and hurt you. Teams recognize that. But I truly think it's not going to be an easy transition just for Keaton Slovis to slide in and just light up teams. The ACC does have teams that are going to bring defense. They're going to need a, a balanced attack here. And for years, the offensive line has been part of the problem. They've needed to rebuild it. The last time they had a really good one was 2018. Well, I'd say, no, I'll take that back. I mean, last year was a really good one. But the last time they had a, a true bully you type of offensive line to dominate the run game was 2018. And that team, of course, had two rushers get over 1,000 yards on the season in Quadri Allison and Darren Hall. Both of them also had double digits touchdowns on the season. And it made Kenny Pickett's job that year a lot easier because all he had to do was throw 12 touchdowns and just six interceptions on the year. But for Frank Signetti, one of my biggest challenges to get that kind of run game going, Mark Whipple, I don't think he was wrong for what he did with the offense. He was, I mean, he made it become one of the best in the country. But I do think that there, there was something to be had if Pitt could have just somehow established a different kind of ground game. And Mark Whipple, a lot of his a lot of his runs would be Vincent Davis just going running a dive up the middle, running an ISO. But there's got to be more creative ways to expand upon getting a rusher into space, getting a one-on-one with a with a defensive back in a key spot where if he makes that one guy miss, it's a problem for the defense that you're about to face. And and I want people to understand, I'm not saying that like this is easy. Because as a person who studies football, people think, oh, why, why didn't you just drop the play, the winning play that would have gotten this great result? It's not that simple. And week to week, the winning play that you thought was the winning peak one week won't won't be the winning play that gets you the victory the next week. Sometimes it will be, sometimes, but most times it won't. A lot of times it just depends on what personnel you're, you're, the opponent that you're bringing, is bringing out there, what alignments they're in, and then combine the personnel with the alignments because sometimes you're thinking they're like, oh, yeah, the alignments, they're – you know, like, like, oh, they're they're in, they're in such and such defense. We crushed that last week. Well, guess what? That de- the next defense you're facing might have a linebacker or a safety or a defensive end that is a crusher that changes the entire dynamics of how you're supposed to attack that unit. And part of me, with the rotation of running backs, Vincent Davis, Israel Abanikanda, Rodney Ham, there is a group there that Francis Kennedy has to charge into, has to get going. In fact. And I'm not saying get two thousand, two guys that rush for over a thousand yards, though that would be nice. But actually have a group that consistently is a threat all year long. I mean, this year, 
Israel Anaconda had six, 651 yards. Vincent Davis had 593. Roddy Hammond had 512. Decent. But what if, like, each of those guys had closer to, like, 800 yards? That's 2,400 yards of rushing offense on the season. That's ridiculous. That's terrifying. And for those who might say, why not just keep giving to Izzy? I, I do give credit to Pat and Mark and all the guys on that offense, Andre Powell, running backs coach as well, for this. They understand the game of in college right now. If a kid is not getting the looks they want to see, they will roll. And you got three talented athletes in the backfield. Is your body kind of clearly the guy that you want to like get the ball to? But Rodney Hammond is is a tough kid. That that guy's gonna be special, I think. And you want to make sure he gets his touches. Because if you don't, he's gonna be going. And Vincent Davis, for I know a lot of Pitt fans give him grief. That kid is tough as nails. The hits that he takes, the way he protects the ball, the way he goes after it. Got a lot of respect for the way Vincent Davis carries himself. And the trick to keeping all of them on the team is finding a way to balance their carries, to balance their playing time. And that's not easy in today's college college football landscape where the transfer portal exists. So Frank Signetti's got an interesting puzzle to piece here in how to keep all those running backs healthy, not just healthy, but happy, and then also get them to win the matchups that you want them to win so that Pitt can have a really good ground game that then Keaton Slovis doesn't have to just come in and just be like, oh, hey, yeah, first year I'm just going to light everybody up. You do that with Izzy, with Vince, with Rodney, and people will love you at Pitt for a very long time. And again, it will make your job of coaching Keaton Slovis that much easier. I'll be really intrigued to see does the the last year the, the the effort we saw from blocking from the wide receiver position with Jordan Addison and Jared Wayne and I mean Taysier Mack won't be back this next year but but all those guys they embodied hey we got to block because those are our brothers we're blocking for and then Gavin Bartholomew contributed to the block game and of course the entire offensive line being back you get that crew to to play at the, at, at a serious level that threatens the entire ACC oh boy. You're going to have some teams shaking in their boots in the conference. There's going to be some teams out there that are sitting thinking like, man, who do we cover? The Bolitnikoff award winner or these this trio of running backs that is causing us problems each and every day? Because, again, you look at last year with all the threats that, that Pitt had, they were one of the – they were the top offense of the ACC. One of the top offenses in the whole country. They were 11th in running the ball. 149.2 yards per game. Imagine if they could establish that balance. They don't need to be first, but be top five. Be top five. Because some of those teams that were top five were teams that had to run the ball because they had no other choice, like Duke, like Syracuse. And you saw what happened when Pitt played those teams. When they took away to run, both teams were put in, in tough situations that put those quarterbacks under a lot of stress. But that's why I think it's truly special for an opportunity for Pitt that if they were able to establish such a ground game, they wouldn't be in that situation because they're confident in Keaton Slovis, they're confident in their receivers. They would have the potential of having a prolific passing game. So Pitt fans, don't overlook Frank Signetti's 
Jr.'s uh, challenges this year. He's got a, quite a few, but one of the top ones is getting that run game going. We're going to take a quick break here. We come back, pit basketball time. They play today, Sunday, 4 p.m. at Boston College. I want to talk about Ithiel Horton's situation, what his return means, and some good news for pit, for pit basketball coming up right here on the H2P Podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, continuing the show here on this Sunday, January 30th of the year of our Lord, 2022. Now, Pitt fans, we talked a lot about football. We talked all football in that first that first segment. So let's talk some hoops. Your Pitt Panthers have a unique opportunity, not a, uh, I guess unique isn't the right word, but a good opportunity to get their first back-to-back conference wins <laughs> in over a year. The last time, the last time this program had back-to-back wins was when they've beaten Syracuse twice in a row and then Duke last year. And if you remember that Duke game, you remember Justin Champagne, and I wrote up my story when Justin Champagne said, Pitt is back. And when he said that, I was like, oh, no. He did the thing. Don't, the, why, why, why did he do the thing? Why did he say Pitt is back? Because now Pitt's definitely not going to be back. And then after that game was the epic collapse that Pitt had going from 8-2 and two to a losing record. But hey, that's behind us now. We're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about Pitt basketball right now. And this year, of course, still a lot of trouble. But... If there was a positive week for Pitt basketball, this might be the closest thing to it. Not only do you get the revenge in winning confidently at home against Syracuse, your longtime rival from the Big East days, beating them by double digits, but you also get the good news of Ithiel Horton getting his charges cleared Criminal charges, that is. He did plead guilty to some misdemeanors. But again, criminal charges, those are gone. He has returned to the program. His his future is safe now. That saga is done. Whatever you think about the police and whatever you think about Ithiel, 
it was worked out. I was there in the courtroom. The the police officer and the and his attorney came to an agreement, and they were like, "Hey, clearly there was a misunderstanding. Shouldn't have gone as way the way it did. This clearly is, this kid isn't a criminal. Let's let him slide. Not as slide, but let's let him. Let's not ruin this kid's life over a misunderstanding." So that's a major win because now Ithiel Horton comes back in the one game that he played in this year. He played, he gave 13 points coming off the bench. And this, I can tell you from looking at Ithiel, he's still very much in shape. He's still very much, he has not been sitting around eating donuts and drinking beer and doing student stuff. He's been, he's been working. Eating donuts, drinking beer, that's kind of my job. <laughs> but. That's going to be a huge boost to Pitt basketball because they need not just the pure scoring, but the threat of an outside shooter to open things up. Because what happened in that, that Syracuse basketball game, you saw Pitt basketball, they were struggling in the first half. But when those shots started to sink in the second half, you saw Pitt, or Syracuse's zone start to be like, oh man, we got to go out and guard that guy. We can't keep leaving him with an open shot. And then they were opening up the inside, Muhammad Ugi coming from the baseline, bang, you break down that 2-3 that zone that, that Jim Bayheim has called for 50 years. That happened. And I think with Ithiel Horton, if he can come back, get his shot back, and he, I'm not saying he's going to be prolific. I'm not going to say he's be all all ACC three-point shooter, but just having a shooter, period, is what this team needs. And then the day after, I write about how you know I was at the courthouse and I saw his, his, his criminal charges get thrown out, and I know he's going to be back in the program. The day after, you get Nike Sabande coming back going on on 93.7 The Fan, talking to the Jeff Capel radio show, and saying, hey, I'm coming back next year. Well, there you go. There's something. Because now you're going to have Jamarius Burton, because he does have one more year of eligibility. Now you're going to have Nike Sponde back, and you'll probably have Ithiel Horton back. And Femi Wakali will be a junior by then. A junior, by the way, with two more years of eligibility after that next season because of how COVID works. And maybe you'll have John Hughley. And maybe William Jeffords can finally develop some offense. And then who knows? Maybe you might hit in the transfer portal again. Muhammad Ugi is the one guy that I'd be like, man, if this team could, if that team could have him for two years, what could he, what could they figure out with him? But maybe Jeff Capel's on to something. Maybe this is the and I talked about I talked about this you know in previous H2P podcasts. I, I you know they needed to establish pit culture for him to bring in guys if he could bring in some stars and bring in some four star guys that are true exceptional athletes. But they're not coming in thinking that they run the show because there's guys there that run the show, and they play they have an identity of basketball that's tough that's gritty and that forces you to work hard and make those guys break into their style of basketball then the program can change then the program can find success but i think a good start would be right here right now they beat boston college 4 p.m. in boston during the bomb cyclone or whatever they call it that r- ridiculous winter storm i hate snow They beat those guys, get their first back-to-back ACC wins. They could be in a real good run coming up. Now, the next game after that is Wake Forest. I don't see them beating Wake Forest. Wake Forest is too good this year. But the back-to-back games after that are Virginia Tech, who has not played good basketball this season. They did have a good win the other day. That was impressive. But there's a chance you could sweep those guys or win one-and-one, 
That means you can win three out of four games in the ACC, maybe four out of five. Then all of a sudden you're sitting there, whoa, six conference wins? With the year that you have? There's something to build upon there. But maybe things are turning just a little bit upwards for Jeff Capel. And again, this is why I never once have advocated for his firing. Let's see what happens when things can be normal under Cable. Let's see what happens when you don't have an ep- a, 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 a pandemic going on while he's there. And then you have the transfer portal open up under him. And then you have, you know, whatever it was that made Justin Champagny and Xavier Johnson and Audie's Tony all just not get along together during that pandemic. And then we get to see maybe he can be that guy. Because, again, my my argument, and I'm going to do a full episode on this. I'll probably do a full article on this at some point after the season or later in the season when we see more of what we see. But what I continue to look at with pit basketball, when people talk about Jet Fire Jeff Capel, I say, hmm, what you going to do then? Because then you're going to lose all these recruits that you finally brought together to start to build a foundation for the future. And then you're going to need to bring in new guys. You're going to need to stink again for another two years. And then establish an identity with that crew. And then will you have the right crew then? Are you going to be saying, hey, fire that guy? Because he can't get it done. Be patient, Pitt fans. Remember, and I brought this up back in December. When everyone was so happy that, that, that Pitt won the ACC. And that they were going to a Peach Bowl. And this was amazing. And I said, now remember, Pitt fans. When everyone was saying fire Pat and Arduzzi because you weren't going to get what you want in the moment. I, I, I never called for Pat to be fired then. I said there were some times I said, man, Pat better watch it. But ultimately he proved why why you got you to gotta give people time to build culture. It's not, an, it's not an easy process. It's not an every minute thing. But man, if, if Jeff can turn pit basketball with Ithiel coming coming back from what he's been in, with Nike coming back next year, with John continuing to grow, if he can just get Noah or Will or one of those guys to become a better threat, and Femi can 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 grow. I do think Femi's taking a step back. He needs to get back on it because he was he was looking much better early this year and late last year than he than he is right now. But if he could do that, Pit Basketball's gonna be in a really good spot. And not necessarily I'm not saying like go to the tournament good spot. I'm saying they're going to be in a competitive spot where a kid that comes in there who could be truly special won't be able to just walk in and say, I own the place. They'll become a part of something. And then being part of something could make Pitt even better. Again, building blocks, baby steps. Take your time. Do the right thing. That's what Jeff Capel's trying to do with Pitt basketball. Pitt fans, I know... The uh the conference championship games are going to be going on su- Sunday, so you might not you might have other priorities. But if you're a true Pitt fan, you'll be watching with me. I'm checking out how they take on Boston College and if they can get that dub. You can follow my coverage of the game on the live file during the game, as well as my story after the game to get all our stuff there. But thanks so much for checking out the HSP podcast. We keep you every week up to date with your Pitt Panthers football, and basketball. I'm Chris Carter, your host. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can listen to this show and all of our shows at DKPittsburghSports.com for free on all podcasting platforms, especially Apple, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Check us out anywhere, especially there. 
But stay tuned for next week. We'll be back with more HTB podcasts. And stay tuned right here for more great podcast con- content on the DKPittsburghSports.com platform. <laughs>